I mean, inherently, aren't you just always the best you can be at any given moment, hopefully? <laughs> no, uh, absolutely not. Do you know how, not how people work? Yes, yeah, I don't know. You're constantly just... operating at peak performance. You can never improve <laughs> I mean, at any moment kinda. in your life. Is there any proof to the contrary? There's a lot of proof to the yeah, contrary. Yeah, yeah, like, come on. You, you knew the moment you said that. That was BS. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Book Reshorts. The shorter episodes we do when we need a break. We do. We need a break. <laughs> like the whole world, we also need a break. Oh, man. It's been a long year. We're almost done with it. We're going to coast right to that new year a little easier than the rest of the year. It is. And I'm your host, Danielle. I'm Sam. I guess that's a thing we should have said. <laughs> Again, Book Reshorts. Yes, the less professional. Uh, I mean, somehow less professional. So Sam, this time we're we're doing we're throwing back to last year's Thanksgiving episode. All right. Yeah, American Thanksgiving, U.S. Thanksgiving. Right, the only one that matters. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Come on, Canada. Ethnocentrism. <laughs> so our U.S. Thanksgiving episode, where we talk about media that we're thankful for in quiz format. <laughs> I don't know if it was a media, just like. Media concepts that we Media are thankful concepts, for. That's a better way to phrase it. Good job. Yes, Sam. it's our thankening. Our thankening. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> thankening. Oh, yeah, that made you laugh. Glad that still gets you. Did it? I've forgotten. That's what we call it, and it's amazing. <laughs> it's been a year, so I don't blame you. It's still funny. <laughs> All right. Uh, am I kicking the shindig off with a uh, question, Sam, or are you? Uh, I know, Danielle. You were kind of to host this one, so I will defer to your. Judgment. Well, you start. Okay. That way they can hear your voice for a little bit. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I I welcome your input on this. Let's get this out of the way so I have to, have to think in the moment. We all know how good I am at this. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's not like I did that down at all. <laughs> so Great at improv, everybody. Great at it. She is. So the first question I want to ask you is in regards to media and the pandemic. Because Ooh, I think okay. we've all been enjoying this past couple of years of altered landscape and staying home and, and less of everything, basically less going out, less movies, less interactions outside of the homes. So I thought we'd try to find a little silver lining in that dark, dark cloud mm -hmm. and find what media trend of the pandemic are you thankful for? Oh, Goodness. Yeah. Good examples or anything. I will I start. I will start. That's the as is our custom. I will start with my my choice. I thought it was I started, and then you told me what you thought. I mean, either way, Danielle, it doesn't matter. I just thought of the last one. Maybe I did it, and then you, like whoever said the question, let the other person answer, and then gave their opinion. But maybe I'm mistaken. I mean, I don't remember. Danielle was a whole year ago. I can't remember the name of this podcast. I mean, I just listened to the episode, and I don't remember. I will go first, Danielle, uh, to give you an example. Okay, perfect. That seems fair. I think you're going to disagree heartily with this pandemic trend that <laughs> okay. I approve of. But as you know, I am not as enamored with movie theaters as you are. I enjoy them, but I have no great drive to attend them. So I actually do appreciate how many more movies are coming to streaming platforms more quickly these days. Because nothing like kicking back and watching a movie for the relatively inexpensive price of whatever your subscription already is to your streaming service of choice and having all the convenience of your home. Now, that's not to say that the movie theater experience isn't wonderful and great, but I do enjoy having the option, at least, to have the home viewing experience. How do you feel about them charging like $30 to watch something? Now, that's BS. <laughs> that I don't I mean 
if they're going to release it on the platform for your you know initial description, fine. And I know that some streaming platforms that remain nameless choose to time gate those new releases away for X number of days behind a higher price, but they do come out for free, quote unquote, after that time. So I'm not all that bothered by it. I'm not the kind of person who needs to watch a movie the moment it comes out. I don't have that kind of FOMO of movie viewing. So I'm okay with waiting an extra month or something for the price to be reasonable. Yeah, that seems fair. I mean, I don't mind that... I, I love going to the movies. It's one of my favorite things in the whole world is going to a movie theater. I know. But I don't, I know. <laughs> so I do disagree with you on that concept. But I actually do not disagree with, because mostly what they've been doing um, since movie theaters have opened up again in most places is doing a dual thing, yeah. like a dual release. And I'm totally fine with that. People want to stay home, go, yeah. go stay home. I just like the choice, the option. I appreciate having more choice. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So pandemic is a lot of terrible stuff, but that's one thing that I do appreciate coming out of this whole mess. That's totally fair. I think that's a, a valid thing. Oh. <laughs> Media thing. <laughs> Thank you, Danielle. You're welcome. I'm not sure what else to call it. <laughs> Uh, trend, I would say. Media trend. Yeah, media trend. Okay. So, Danielle, what is your pandemic media trend that actually makes you see that silver lining? Does it have to be a trend or can it be like a, a, a media piece that came out? Go with the media piece. If it's something like pin that would not have come out necessarily without the pandemic. Or you know what? Screw it. Go with it. I don't care. <laughs> Look, this is our holiday short episode. I, you don't need to listen to me. No rules. Okay, I'm gonna put, I'm, I have two things that I think played differently because they came out during okay, the pandemic. Okay, that's interesting. That? That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing I'm going to talk about actually came out at the beginning of the pandemic and it kind of spread over the, not even the entire nation, like everywhere I felt like was Tiger, Tiger King. Tiger King, yeah. yeah. That was a <laughs> like, shared experience for America. <laughs> Yeah, and I felt like it was even uh, you know friends and people that I know in other countries, and they even mentioned it to me. Uh -huh. And if they had access to it, had at least watched you know one or two episodes or knew about it. And it's, I think that it might have been a hit at any other time as well, just because it's such an odd and, and crazy story. But I feel like because of the pandemic, and we hadn't quite gotten to the the beaten place that we are. Yeah, in no, now. I feel you. There was still like some energy about okay, we'll go into this. It'll be a few months, and then we'll come out the other side. In the meantime, look at this crazy tiger thing. Yeah, it's just like everybody's talking about it. It's such water cooler talk. Everybody you know, know had heard about it, or read about it, or seen it, or, or whatever the case may be, had an opinion about something they didn't know anything about. Like I'm, I'm going to say that, that, you know what, there's something we lost with streaming media and home media and time delayed, you know, time shifting of media, which was that like collective experience of everyone having watched the show, like the X-Files on Thursday night or whatever, and then having the next day, the thing that everyone is talking about, like you mm -hmm. have that known quantity of, of conversation. And I feel like Tiger King replaced that a bit with everyone, you know, on lockdown, it provided that sort of known quantity of conversation you could reliably use. Absolutely. And uh, the other one I would, uh, it's kind of still happening right now, is Squid Game oh, that just came out, sure. the Korean drama. Uh -huh. I just have to throw that in there. Yeah, got a K-drama in there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not surprised. I only say that because I th I think it's super fascinating that uh, it's because it's a basically Hunger Games kind of style thing. I think obviously that plays a little bit little bit different in a pandemic style world. Yeah, and I also just enjoy that like the what are the biggest Halloween costumes and what's like trending right now for clothing is a tracksuit. <laughs> 
because I think that's hilarious. Hey, you know what? That's a silver lining. I'll take it. Like peak pandemic. It's like I can wear a tracksuit anywhere I go. I'm not here to judge. I love that everybody was making the, the Dolgata, the little cookies, honeycomb to to do. They're they're all over social media. I just it was such again like a Did shared you experience where yes, I have made them. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> of course I have. Yeah, jump on that bandwagon, Daniel. Yeah, it seemed like fun. I'd wanted to make honeycomb anyway, so it's kind of yeah, akin no, to that. That's so. great. A-, a plus and extra credit for the extra yeah. media piece. Well done. I just love that shared community spirit of anything that comes out, but it's always kind of fun when it's something you're not expecting to be a big thing, and it is. All right. Well, that was my first thankening banker. Sure. Let's call that the noun. Uh, <laughs> Solid. <laughs> <laughs> What's your thanker for uh, for me, Danielle? Okay, so I have what is the plot twist that you're most thankful for, be it movie, TV show, or book? Ooh, plot twist. Mm-hmm, something you just weren't expecting. <laughs> that is... Oh, wow. Okay, that's a thinker. Why don't you uh, give me yours first, Danielle? Sure. So I've got a two again, but <laughs> I just swear I don't have two one, for everything. Just pick one, Danielle. We don't have all I am. I am going to pick two, but my other is just a throw out because it's not really a, a real plot twist. But the first one is, uh, my first one is the movie Us. Uh-huh. And you've seen that, correct, Sam? I don't think so. You haven't seen the movie Us? The horror movie? Yeah. No. I don't know if I want to talk about the plot twist. Does it ruin the movie for you? I thought you had seen it. <laughs> what, what What? about me makes you think I'd seen it? Because it's Jordan Peele and you'd seen Get Out. <laughs> I haven't seen Get Out yet. You didn't see Get Out yet? <laughs> no. I thought we talked about it. I thought it. I was going to look doing it on Halloween and then I got busy. <laughs> Holy cat, holy macaroni. I know. (laughs) It's on my list, Danielle. It's in one of those things. I am, I just don't even know how. how. (laughs) I like Jordan Peele a lot. So I I admit this is definitely a failing on my part. It's just one of those things you're like, I'll get to it. I'll get it. And you never do. I can't tell you the plot twist of us, Sam. But I'll tell you the plot twist of the other one. This is why I have a backup. Okay, good. But everybody, if you have seen us, you know what the plot twist is. It's a great plot twist. Is the plot twist of this episode, Danielle, you shaming me? (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) Okay, good. It's not very much of a plot twist. That's just a normal episode. (laughs) Oh, I'm sad now. (laughs) Just kidding everybody <laughs> so okay then my second backup see this is why i have a backup you made fun of me but now it's real yeah i guess you know i guess i'm the fool <laughs> so my plot twist backup episode is twilight it's breaking dawn uh, part two the movie oh, okay i know what you're going for danielle and i'm and actually you know okay with this you know this one Okay, he knows this one, everybody, but he doesn't know us. I haven't seen that one, but you've definitely told me about it like 17 times. So, yeah. <laughs> so, Breaking Dawn Part 2, the best plot twist in potentially movie history. It's so <laughs> terrible. <laughs> um, as Sam knows, but the listeners probably don't know, as I went to a Twilight movie marathon, do not judge me. Do not at me. <laughs> I've already judged her enough for both of us. Don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah, it was fun. It was total for, totally for fun. I went with some family. We hung out. It was amazing. We were there for like 14 hours. It was just so long. And there is a scene that is not in the books that uh, where all of the main characters die. And it's actually a vision from one of the characters who can see the future. And so, but you don't know that in the movie when you're watching it. So That's all the fun. The characters die. The best part of the whole experience was I was surrounded by at least hardcore Twilight fans, and they uh, Danielle, were Danielle, Danielle, please, Twihards, <laughs> Twihards, and they were screaming their heads off. They were panicking. The person next to me, who was a, a friend of mine, she was like literally like dry heaving, sobbing, like she was going, "This can't be happening. This can't be happening." I was like, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> it was so funny. Uh, 
Uh, my brother and I were dying. We thought it was the funniest thing we'd ever seen. Yeah, yeah it, it's a real shame that it was undone as a, you know, oh, it's just a dream because that uh, would have been amazing. Man, that like 60 seconds was a highlight of my life because those Twihards, man, it was, it was a good, good 60 seconds. <laughs> I wish you had recorded that. <laughs> so it's up to you, Sam. What's your plot twist? Oh, boy. I don't know if this counts as a plot twist or not, because the whole movie seemed like a plot twist. Okay. Is it a Nicolas Cage movie? No, which would have been awesome. <laughs> I was thinking more of the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, interesting. Because anyone who has any familiarity with the, the actual video game of Super Mario Brothers, and you know, I saw that movie way after it came out. You know, I was still young, but that came out way before you know I was old enough to really watch it in a theater or anything. Mm -hmm. So I'd already seen many Mario games come by that point. And when I saw the movie, it was just complete bafflement the whole way through <laughs> because the entire movie is nothing like the game. It is insofar as there's a character named Mario and Luigi, that is about as far as it goes to having any similarity. They're plumbers. Yeah. It's. I mean, I can't recommend that movie enough as something that you will watch and be like, did I just have an out-of-body experience? <laughs> did that character just really call himself Mario Mario as his first and last name? Because yes. <laughs> that is his name, right? Yeah, I mean, officially, we have any proof to the contrary? <laughs> no, actually, I believe it is now canon that that is his name because of that movie. <laughs> oh, it's not good. <laughs> so I know that's like a really a plot twist, but like it felt like a plot twist. I was expecting one thing for the plot, and I got something completely different, and I never quite recovered from the initial <laughs> like they're, they're in Brooklyn. Okay, maybe this is like setting up the fantasy, you know, reality doing then like no, they're dinosaurs. Okay. <laughs> and then there's I just forgot about those. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just a whole like I could have said something like, you know, the sixth fence or whatever, but I feel like this was a whole movie that was nothing but plot twist in the sense that I could not predict what was happening or why, and all my prior knowledge and prior media knowledge of that media specifically did not prepare me for what was happening on there that screen. I'll give it to you. <laughs> That's very kind of you, Danielle. <laughs> it's a pass. <laughs> we're, we're, we're past no pass graders on our, our <laughs> shorts. Are. Take our classes at the, at the Learning <laughs> yeah. Annex. Yeah, if you want to join in on the thinking. <laughs> yeah, we have some class at the Learning Annex. You know, it's past, no pass, no pressure. All right, I guess it's my thanker next. Thanker? I'm sticking with it, Danielle. Okay, you do that. <laughs> I stick with bad ideas all the time. Okay, so my next thanker is we've talked a lot about fairy tales recently. Mostly oh, with Cinderella. Yeah. Oh, my God. We have done a, like a run of fairy tale movies over the Yeah, last there was that. So. There was the uh, the Red Riding Hood style movie you did and, and the uh, Hansel and Gretel one. So I figured we talk mm -hmm. about fairy tales i want to ask you which fairy tale villain are you most thankful for like which villain in fairy tales do you think was probably the most correct villain the one that was most right and was the most ill served by the quote-unquote heroes of the story does it have to be like a classic fairy tale because do disney movies count like how are we phrasing this fairy tale concept i was thinking of a classic style fairy tale but if you want to do like a modern interpretation of a classic fairy tale, that's fine too. So like if you want to use okay. Disney Cinderella as opposed to the original fairy tale Cinderella or if you want to use Frozen instead of, of the Snow Queen, that's that's uh that's up to you. Okay. So Um Gosh, this is really hard. I'll go first just to give you an idea of where I'm coming from. Okay, you go for it. I'll think. I think, think hard. I'm gonna go with the big bad wolf from Little Red Riding Hood, who I think is <laughs> ill served. Okay. I'll tell the you why. The creepiest of all villains. Look, I'm not going to deny that, but I think there is, you know, depending on which version of the story you're going with, but 
I can't get away from the fact that he is, in fact, a wolf. And Doom Wolf does, which is eat things, right? And if you can't tell the difference between your grandmother and a wolf, that's on you, Red Riding Hood. Like, that's your problem. (laughs) Like, if you're like, oh, this creature, is it a wolf or is it my grandma? If you can't figure that out, man, I'm sorry. I like a Darwin Award situation. I can't really hold the wolf responsible for your terrible decision making. So I think that it may not be the most heroic character, but it seems one that is villainized the most for just being a wild animal that people keep going up to and approaching and letting into your house and thinking it's your grandmother and not realize it's a wolf we should probably give it the respect and distance that wild animals deserve i, I think that's a fair point it's Sam. like the people at yellowstone who are like oh buffalo let me go hug a buffalo or a bison and then they get like gored you're like well don't go hug a bison they're they're not safe i mean we have had a long lengthy discussion on uh the death rate of bisons <laughs> Yes, I'm just saying it happened in Yellowstone way more than it should because people being people will do that. And I think like no one thinks, oh, that's an evil bison for attacking that tourist or whatever. Like, no, that tourist should not been going near that bison. So I think that Red Riding was like, don't go near the wolf. That's all I'm saying. And wasn't she like even told at the very beginning, like, don't talk to strangers or like part of the whole morality play? I don't yeah, know. I mean, that's that's literally the point of the story. Yeah. So, you know, that's on you, Red it's Riding Hood. <laughs> It's terrible. So is the qu- the question one that just wasn't like not as evil as it? I think one like, that's like the most like like the wolf I feel was maligned even though he didn't deserve it. Like it was okay. one that was villainized the most even though it was not doing anything that was outside of a wolf's natural instinct. Okay. So I'm going to go, I'm not going to say this is natural instinct or anything. I'm not going to go quite as far as you did with the wolf. Um, I am going to say that this is all on the hero of the story, okay, which good. is, this is uh, The Little Mermaid. Okay, love this. Ursula. Yeah, <laughs> Ursula. Which version? The original? Um, no, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Disney. movie version, like the Disney version. Okay, cool. Only because it's an easy example of this. She doesn't turn to foam, so that helps. Yeah, she doesn't turn to foam. Uh, <laughs> happy <laughs> ending. Um, but I think, like, to be fair to Ursula, I'm not saying she's a good uh, octopus lady. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I'm not here to judge squid to puss. But she does. She is very clear at what little the little Mermaid Ariel's giving up, and she has a whole contract. And right. Ariel decides on her own that she's like, yep, I'm going to sign this contract to lose my voice to, like, get legs because I'm going to go after this man that I hardly met. Like, I, it's That's on all, Ariel. Yeah, it's she, all her fault. <laughs> she signed a legal co- – I mean, to be fair, she was, like, what, 14, 16, depending on what version you're – so she wasn't really yes, legally allowed but- to enter into a contract. <laughs> but probably – I don't know what sea law is, but I'm sure sea law <laughs> would probably be on Ursula's side in the contract dispute. And maybe your father should have taught her to read the contracts before signing them because- <laughs> she was not unaware of what she was losing. She was very clear. You're right. That is true. That is like, this feels very much kind of like Faust, where it's like, you knew what the deal was, buddy. Why are you spending your whole life trying to get out of it? Exactly. So I, I think that's on Ariel. You know, I'm sorry it ended up that way, but she, she knew. <laughs> she did. You know what? That's a fair point. Ursula gets a bad rap. She's just an honest business squid-to-push <laughs> trying her best to, you know, work as a freelancer and then all her clients keep breaking her contract. Every freelancer out there knows how annoying that can be. Exactly. She's just doing her job. That's right. Her business squid I don't what said. I said she's a business squid Business squid I don't really so hard for you to say business and squid Why is it so hard, Danielle? I don't know. What? Nothing. Yeah, that's that's what I'm going with, Ursula. Okay. Are you making fun of me again? No. No, I wasn't. <laughs> making fun of me and my inability to say the phrase. Business? Bi- yeah, but you kind of said it with a D. 
I, I did have like a stutter in there, but you know, <laughs> way to way to attack people for better. their speech impediments. <laughs> business squidness. Business squidness. It's not your business what I'm doing. You know I can't do S's, so I'd rather do business anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. Why put an S to the middle of any word? All right, Danielle, hit me with another thanker. Okay, another thanker. Oh gosh, why am I using it? <laughs> <laughs> it's catching on. This kind of uh, it's kind of a throwback to last year's thinking as well, but a little bit different is. The horror movie trope okay. that you're most thankful for. Because I feel like horror movies, rom-coms, horror movies, we talked about more about rom-coms last year, but horror movies have like really specific tropes sure. that they use. And I'm just curious which one you think is just oh, the Oh, I've got an answer for this one immediately, but I'll also let well, you go good. first. <laughs> um, mine, I have several, as you know, but I will only with one. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> you're like... Uh, you're, I what's did. that lady from in uh, the Magic School Bus, Arnold's cousin, who has to be like the extra credit queen? Just like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What's her name yeah. with the little braids and the green and the white? The curly so hair. Cute. What? Who am I thinking of? I don't know. I'm thinking of the girl that Arnold likes. I was mixing them up. Arnold, yeah, no. I know. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I, I'm, I'm impressed you have a, a bead on Arnold's romantic interests. <laughs> I watch a lot of Arnold. <laughs> you think about Hey Arnold? Yeah. I said the Magic School Bus. No, the magic school bus. No, I didn't go into the one that has uh, you know Arnold's cousin who comes along with them sometimes from different class. Yes, and she's like yes, 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 yes. In yes, my yes. I still class, know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. Wow. Uh, <laughs> went two different directions. Sorry, you said Arnold. My brain went immediately to Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold. No, I said yeah. No, magic school bus. <laughs> you did say that. Now that I <laughs> go back in of, my yeah, okay, brain. No. Wow. Voice. Uh, <laughs> this is a real window into our shared media experience. To everyone listening to this, let's just move on. But and it's late night as always. <laughs> Look, I can't be held responsible for the for the clock, Daniel. Yeah, you can't. It's not your fault. All right, what do you, uh, what do you got? Okay, so I'm gonna like I'm gonna argue that this is a trope, but it's kind of an an odd one, which is I really really enjoy scenes in in any movie, but it's really cool in horror movies where the music that's playing doesn't match the thing that's happening on screen. So you just love it when they're playing like happy music during a murder kind of like in um, American Psycho or something? Yeah, like it's just, I like the contrast. It doesn't even have to be happy to something horrible. It could also be the reverse. It could just like the the music kind of makes it even more dramatic, the thing that's on screen, because so often music plays such a pivotal role and often you don't even realize what's going on with the music or how much it's affecting you. Sure. But it's such an obvious thing when the music's like the, the counter to what's actually going on on screen. And then they do that, I think, to great effect in quite a few horror movies, and I love that concept. Well, that's that's fair. I mean, a good juxtaposition of music and imagery is what makes a great movie. I know, but so many people kind of you know throw the music under the rug; they don't think much about it during the movies. Ah, uh, so. tis tis. Here's Danielle, advocate for for scores because no for one knows <laughs> the names of any music scorers like Hans Zimmer. <laughs> do but i don't think people think about it too much when they're watching the movies it's just you know it's just part of the movie experience i think a lot of people don't really realize what they're listening to fair enough to be fair i think that's kind of the goal of a good music score is that it doesn't grab the attention but merely complements and heightens the experience yeah potentially but it's kind of interesting when you hear something that does make you go, oh, what's going on with the music? And sometimes it's even better because you've realized what, what they're trying to do with that. Great. I can't really argue with that. 
What about you, Sam? I was going to say- You had one immediately. What was it? Uh, teleportation. Monster teleportation. Serial <laughs> killer teleportation. I just love it when they can teleport around a scene and just get places because going back to our discussion during the I Still Know What You Did Last Summer episode, I just, just always imagine the monster running like, uh, trying to jog to whatever it's trying to get to, like the alien or whatever, like skittering down the hall in a goofy like waddle <laughs> because it doesn't look like it's particularly stable or like Jason running very quickly behind trees like, uh, I gotta get to this tree. Gotta get to this tree. And that just makes me laugh. <laughs> And I find that very fun. Yeah, if you want to hear Sam's uh, in-depth analysis of what a serial killer is definitely doing doing during a slasher flick, feel free to listen to. I still know what you did last summer. Oh no! I mean, heck, you just got a little mini rundown of it right now. Yeah, because <laughs> Sam really, really gets into the psyche of the killer. Look, there was really very little else going on in that movie. I had to do something. What is it? Ben Willis. Ben Willis. How do you not remember the name of the serial killer in your own movie? (laughs) No, it's because of the two names being the same stupid name. Will Benson and Ben Willis. (laughs) Come on. They go together like chocolate and peanut butter. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) All right. On to you, Sam. All right. Um, Our final question, correct? Final yes. thanker, yes. Yes, fi- sorry, final thanker. Yes, you can thanker me later. <laughs> oh, no, that was bad. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> Not uh, thankful for that. <laughs> uh, weirdly enough, I have a music question for you as well. Oh, okay. I was going to ask just more generally, in the last year, what music thing, you know, trend or uh, element or score were you most thankful for? Oh. Gosh, that's really hard. I know. I just, that's why I limited just the last year. What recent, like, oh, I thought that particular piece of music in that media or that, you know, maybe it was a band piece of music, something like that, uh, that you thought really was excellent. Okay. I know. That's a broad one. So That's I, really hard. <laughs> I know that you love music, Danielle. So. I know, but to think about it on the spot is always like way harder than if I was just sitting around on my couch going, huh, what's good music from this year? It doesn't have to be your favorite. Just pick one you liked. That ties into media. Does it kind of just be a song that I liked from the last year? Or does it have to be like something that's also tied into? I, ideally, it'd be tied into media somehow because that's okay. sort of our whole shtick. But, you know. <laughs> Whatever. To each their own. <laughs> <laughs> Not here to tell you how to love your life, Danielle. <laughs> okay. So I will go first. I'm going to bring in something we haven't really discussed much yet, which are video games. Uh, there was a game that came out a year or two ago that I really enjoyed called Outer Wilds. Mm-hmm. I thought it had a great soundtrack. And it recently released a expansion, update, extra content, whatever you want to call it. And that was also really excellent. It was really cool. I didn't even know it was coming out. I just saw it. I'm like, oh, that's a nice little surprise for me because I don't know anything about the world. And I don't keep abreast of these sorts of things. And mm-hmm. it had uh, the same composer, Andrew Prallo, P-R-A-H-L-O-W. And he does an excellent job also in the little expansion, adding a bunch of new music that didn't feel out of place. Felt very like, comforting to slip back into that environment, like a warm blanket and have that same music that you know surrounds you and was like, oh, this reminds me of all that great experience I had previously. And now I get to do it again and have like this whole new thing going on. So it was just a very enjoyable experience that was, as you said, heightened by the music. That's cool. Bringing in the video games. Hey, they count. They're media. Oh, no, they do. We should talk about them a bit more. But then it, Sam would be the only person bringing those in, unfortunately. <laughs> I thought about trying to figure out a way to do that on our podcast, but there's really very difficult to it's hard yeah, yeah to yeah. do a, a video game plot summary that isn't incoherent <laughs> that's how you end up with books like the video game ate my homework <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> <laughs> that's how we tie them in <laughs> hey it works so what about you what is your sort of music thing okay so i was thinking very hard while you were talking so i was listening but <laughs> no, no i appreciate <laughs> like dual, that 
still thinking. Uh, and something that I discovered over the last year was a um, a person. Uh, his real name is David Scott, but his stage name is called the Kiffness. The Kiffness. I like it. E-S-S, the Kiffness. And he is a South African musician. He's a producer. He does his own stuff. He, how I came to know about him was through, you know, like little videos, probably on Facebook or something uh-huh. like that, um, where he takes sound. Originally, I saw ones from animals, like cats and dogs making kind of like weird little noises, and then he turned them into whole songs. Is this like the uh, barking dogs, jingle bells? Kind of, but like his Better? own music. Yeah. yeah. And he plays <laughs> okay. a bunch of different instruments, so you know everything you can think of, this this person plays. And uh, he loops it and all that. He does it kind of like live in the video, so you can watch him do it all. And then he's taken on just other kind of YouTube videos that he's found or, or TikTok videos that have come up that he's also turned in little clips of those has turned into songs. He became super well-known over the last um, little bit here. And it's just, they're really interesting. They're really fun. They're fun to watch him, like, put them together. Um, To tie it in a little bit to what I said earlier, he actually did one with the... Big giant doll from the Squid Game. Okay, which of course. is how my brain got to them. I, I got like, you. Oh yeah, Making those like, connections. <laughs> did the remix of that. But it's just it's just fun to watch watch him put together this this music from this little phrase or this little weird noise that that something makes or a person makes or a TikTok video does, and it's just fun to see that recreation of something. All right, I think that so counts. I would recommend. Yeah, Check I would, I would recommend the YouTube rabbit hole of that. <laughs> Oh, we're giving our our listeners homework now, are we? (laughs) Yes. Yes, I am. All right, Danielle, hit me with your last thanker. Thanker me up. Okay, final thanker. You might like this one. So it might be a, maybe a hard one. I'm not sure, but probably not. You have a wide breadth of, of knowledge for odd and uh, visually interesting movies. Oh, boy, interesting you're movies. really going to challenge me here then, aren't you? I'm not. I am curious about the set design that you are most thankful for. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. Kind of an odd one, right? Um, No, I got, that's a good one. I like that. So I assume by set, yes. Okay, I gotcha. It could be CG. It could be just, it right, could right. literally be a Regency period. I mean, whatever you the think is like just something yeah, that you think is like super interesting when you watched it. All right. Why don't you hit me, Danielle? Okay. So the one I thought of th- was throwback to a, a earlier age in life. <laughs> <laughs> I went with Beetlejuice. Oh, yep. I can see yeah. that. That's a great movie with a great look. It is. It has a very specific aesthetic. I haven't seen that movie in several years and I still have really strong visual memories of it. Mm-hmm. Everything from the house to the sandworm stuff going on to the little set that they made where, where Beetlejuice lives, like yeah, inside yeah, the trades. That- like just a, amazing set stuff that they put together and props. And it's just like visually such a fascinating movie. You could turn off the sound and just watch it that way. It'd be still interesting. The the aesthetics do so much of the heavy lifting. Like when they go into the land of the dead and they come back out mm-hmm. and their whole house has been redecorated and it looks creepy and weird and alien. Like, oh, these people, this is no longer their home. Like that heavy lifting is done. Absolutely. And it's just every place or thing that they do, it's like a completely different vibe or feeling to it. And it just, it, like you said, it does all of that work for them. And it's just, they did a really good job with it, I think. 100%. I agree. I'm going to go with something a little bit more recent, Danielle, just because this is the first thing my brain went to. Uh-huh. I've been watching the new Foundation TV show. Oh, yeah. You mentioned that. And, you know, 
Uh, I read the Foundation, thought it was a fine book. Obviously, it has a lot of problems because of the era it was written in and the, you know, misogyny and the lack of diversity in the book. And the, the TV show had done a lot to remedy that, which is great. But mm-hmm. the TV show also just looks amazing. It has just an amazing aesthetic. It is lush. I would say is a good word for it. And there's just so much going on. There's so much interesting like light and color and the CG is not like too over the top. So it looks all cheesy. And I don't know. I, I think it's like a very, it's just a very beautiful show. Like even without the plot, it's just fun to sort of sit there and watch the visual effects. What kind of settings is it? Oh, see, that's the thing. Like, it's got a lot of stuff. It's got this big city planet, Trantor, but mostly it focuses on the Imperial Palace on that planet, which is big and regal and has these murals of, like, moving, shifting pigments. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. And then you have the Foundation itself, which is out on this tiny little ice ball called Terminus, struggling frontier colony that that kind of has, and all, like, the outfits and the people and the hairstyles and the clothing and all, like... It's just really, really aesthetically interesting. So Awesome. So I would say that one has been something that is most fresh in my mind as being a visually very captivating piece. Well, there you have it, folks. We've got uh, all our thinking questions out for this year. Those are all the thinkers <laughs> we're going to give you for that's this all, year. That's all we're thankful for. Yeah, nothing else. <laughs> Everything else, <laughs> screw it. No. But if you want to share what your thankers are or answers that you have for our thankers, you can you thank us. You want to tell Sam to stop saying thankers? <laughs> no, you can thank us at our email address or website at bookretorch.com. Yeah, I guess you could also tweet, Instagram, or Facebook us at Book Retorts. What, what can they tweet, Instagram, or Facebook us, Danielle? What, what are they going to send us? They're going to not send us thankers. <laughs> You're going to tell me how much you don't want Sam to say that ever again. <laughs> Only accepting applications that say that. <laughs> Daniel, the thanker is the anchor of the season. Oh, no. <laughs> it's getting worse. It rhymes, so here. it must be true. Uh- <laughs> time to go. <laughs> All right. Well, you're really thankful this episode is over. So until I next am. time, bye. Take care, everybody. All you should do is the day this episode drops, just post one tweet that's like the word thanker 12 times. <laughs> no. You're like, what is that? Figure it out. And then a link to the episode. That's it. And all three of our Twitter users will be like, that actually listen to us. will be like, oh, that's hilarious. And all the rest will be like, what the heck? <laughs> well, maybe they'll be intrigued to listen, Danielle. It's called marketing. <laughs> it's true.